Nine Lives, the debut album from Catalyst, grips with infinite possibility and reflects the contemporary Los Angeles jazz scene. Catalyst is more than a nine-piece band. It's a collective of producers, composers, musicians, and writers who represent a who's who of the Los Angeles jazz community. You can listen to the album on all of the major music platforms or purchase a copy through bandcamp.com. Catalyst with a K, and the album is Nine Lives. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Traditional efforts to treat autoimmune conditions have focused on inhibiting proteins involved in the immune response. HappyVax is developing therapies that modulate RNA to enhance the body's natural machinery to disrupt the production of cytokines, the proteins that signal the immune system to mount an attack in the first place. The company's approach to modulating RNA may not only have utility in autoimmune conditions like inflammatory bowel disease, but in other indications including infectious disease and cancer. We spoke to Hartmut Ehrlich, CEO of Abivax, about the company's lead therapeutic, how it works, and why the approach can have implications in treating a broad range of diseases. Hartman, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. We're going to talk about auto-inflammatory disease, Abivax, and it's first-in-class oral therapy to treat some of these conditions. Perhaps we can start with inflammatory bowel disease. You're pursuing the same therapy for both ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. These can affect different places within the body, but from a biological point of view, are the disease mechanisms the same for these conditions? Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. The mechanisms that are driving the inflammation in, uh, in both diseases are actually very similar, if, uh, if not the same. You see um, increased levels of specific cytokines, molecules, that uh, activate the, uh, the immune system, for example, uh, tumor necrosis factor alpha, interleukin-6, um, MCP1, monocyte chemoattractant protein, which actually attracts neutrophils into the area of, uh, of inflammation and adding to this, uh, and also IL-17. And uh, together, these are very redundant mechanisms so that often you have a situation when you block one, over time, another pathway may be, uh, may be taking over. And this is actually where AVX464 is, is coming in, but I guess we'll discuss this in a second. You're from a 
an immune system point of view, what's happening in these diseases? Does Is it understood what causes the immune system to become fired up and, and attack itself? It is certainly not understood to, uh, to 100%, but uh, the hypothesis is that uh, certain uh, pathogens, uh, microbes, etc., um, may be able to, uh, to trigger uh, the, uh, uh, the immune system uh, in these uh, indications and start this process, which then uh, continues to go on. You're developing ABX-464 to, to treat these conditions. What is ABX-464? ABX-464 is a small molecule belonging to the group of uh, quinolines. And uh, ABX-464, when it's binding to its molecular target, which is called uh, the CAP uh, binding complex, the CBC, um, it uh, basically induces a, uh, a change, it stabilizes this uh, complex, and as a result, and I'm really cutting through a lot of, uh, of information here, but as a consequence, we get to the upregulation of uh, a molecule of a microRNA, which is called MIR124, which has very potent anti-inflammatory properties. And this is related to uh, what we call the target genes for MIR124, because what MIR124 does is it is binding to RNAs of the cytokines that I, uh, that I mentioned before, and thereby reducing their translation so that in the end you find less of these, of these cytokines, of these pro-inflammatory molecules in the uh, uh, site of uh, inflammation. This is a, a fundamentally different approach that's been taken in treating autoimmune conditions in the past. You're not targeting a, a, a specific part of the immune response like TNF inhibitors do, but you're disrupting the translational process that creates these inflammatory proteins in the first place. How exactly does 464 do that? Well, as, uh, as I was saying, by upregulating uh, MIR124 in the tissues, um, you are reducing and, and MIR124, as every microRNA, then binding to its, uh, its target genes, like uh, uh, TNF-alpha, like IL-6, like uh, uh, MCP1. Uh, this results in a reduction of translation and therefore in a uh, reduced level of these uh, pro-inflammatory cytokines in the tissue. How targeted is 464? Does it just act in the part of the body where the immune response is, is hyperactivated or does it have a systemic effect? 
The um, mechanism of action studies uh, that we have been doing so far actually indicate that what you do is you're shutting down excessive inflammation. And this is, as you mentioned, one of the key differences uh, uh, to uh, the uh, monoclonal antibodies that are targeting specifically uh, um, one of these, uh, these cytokines because the inflammatory reactions are always redundant. So you have a number of culprits in there that are um, uh, that are leading to the pro-inflammatory state. And yes, you're right. Uh, we are not inhibiting, for example, TNF-alpha by 100% or IL-6 uh, or the IL-6 receptor by 100%. We are typically seeing sort of a reduction of, uh, of uh, um, 30 to, uh, to 70% of these uh, cytokines, but across the board. And therefore, um, there is, even, even if there is a redundant, if, if there's this redundancy in the activation of the, of the immune system with ABX464, we believe that we have a natural break, to use this analogy, that we are applying to the uh, to the immune system. ABX four six four is an oral medication. How big an advantage is that over the monoclonal antibodies used to treat these conditions? Well, the uh, the uh, advantages of oral treatment, I think, are obvious. People don't like needles. People don't like to be uh, injected. In our case, it's the uh, it's the administration of uh, one small capsule of ABX464 per day uh, to uh, to treat this these uh, uh, to treat these uh, these patients. Are there cost implications to that as well? Well, if you consider that uh, in order to uh, administer an injectable. Um, you have to have uh, uh, medically uh, trained people around to actually do it. This is something that is certainly not the case for ABX464. What's known about the drug from studies to date? What is known about the drug from studies today, and here we are talking about a completed phase 2A induction study, which was followed by, uh, and, and this is the initial administration over the first two months, followed by um, uh, what we call the maintenance study. And we are now actually in the third year of maintenance, meaning that these patients are taking the drug now for, uh, from this first study now for more than, uh, than two years. The first patient actually these days will uh, reach uh, three years uninterrupted treatment with, uh, with ABX464. And um, when we had the initial results, this uh, led to uh, a lot of excitement um, with, the, uh, uh, with the physicians 
that are treating uh, these patients, the, the, the key opinion leaders, uh, because the results were ve- the, the efficacy results were very, very uh, promising uh, from the point of view of what we can accomplish. And just to give you an example, if you treat patients with all the products that are currently on the market, what you typically see is you see a clinical remission, and that means essentially the complete absence of symptoms. And it also means that uh, when you do an endoscopy, the, uh, the inner lining of the colon is, uh, is clean. So this is what you typically see after two months in about 10% of the patients. And yes, only 10% of the, uh, of the patients you are seeing a clinical response after two months in about sixty uh, percent of the patients, and that's that. And, and clinical response means that you have about one third improvement uh, of the symptoms, a thirty-three percent improvement of the symptoms. And uh, but it also means that in about uh, forty per. Uh, in about thirty uh, percent of the patients, you have no uh, response at all. Um, and then you move, and and with our product, we saw actually that the number of uh, or the percentage of clinical remissions was substantially higher um, after you subtract the uh, placebo rate from the active rate. We were seeing. Um, we were seeing clinical remissions in 20 to 25%. And this is what we are consider to be transformative. And this is what we want to now confirm in our phase 2B study, which uh, is uh, um, being conducted in, uh, in roughly 230 patients. So the, the number has gone up. Uh, uh, substantially compared to the uh, to the earlier study, and also we are using different doses of uh, of ABX four six four. But the the idea is to uh, confirm what we saw before to go later this year into the uh, pivotal phase three program. We are expecting the data readout, the, the top-line results from the 2B study, from the induction study in, uh, in May of, uh, of next year. And then within the uh, uh, subsequent six months, go into, uh, go into phase three. Autoimmune conditions are characterized by flares and periods of remission. Is it expected that 464 would be chronically administered or would it be used to bring flares under control? Um, that is, cr- chronic administration is absolutely uh, the, uh, the way to go uh, in, this, in this indication. All the drugs... Um, uh, that are currently used in this indication are for chronic administration because we are not healing the disease. We are not curing the disease. What we are doing is we are limiting the symptoms, the, uh, the, the very, um, uh, the, the, the symptoms that are actually incapacitating the patients massively with 
a large number of stools during the day uh, with uh, a lot of blood in the stools, with, um, with uh, abdominal pain that these patients go through. So they are highly incapacitated. And really the key is to bring them to a state where they are symptom-free. And this is then, of course, um, uh, followed up in the maintenance study. And in maintenance studies, you see that uh, somewhere in the range of uh, 30 to 40% of the patients after one year uh, are achieving a, uh, a clinical uh, remission. And again, here in our maintenance study, after one year, we were at uh, between 70 and 80% of the patients who had a, uh, a clinical remission. So it shows that our effect is not only, um, uh, is not only uh, the, the, the therapeutic effect is not only uh, seen in a relatively short period of time after two months, but that it is a lasting effect that we are seeing. And this is why we are so excited and so hopeful about the uh, the future of ABX464. Another indication you're looking at for this is in rheumatoid arthritis. This, though, you're not looking at 464 as a monotherapy, but in combination with methotrexate. Why is that? Well, because um, methotrexate is an entity that has established itself uh, uh, in the treatment uh, uh, for these patients with rheumatoid arthritis. And therefore, we didn't want to get in uh, with just ABX464, but keep methotrexate uh, in the uh, treatment regimen uh, in order to see uh, to what extent ABX464 is able to uh, to uh, enhance the effect uh, that we are seeing. But this is actually the same for the other uh, very specific treatments like the, uh, the anti-TNF-alphas or anti-IL-6s, which are also very often given together with methotrexate. One of the interesting thing, things about 464 is you're also pursuing it for a number of infectious disease indications. This includes HIV and, and COVID-19, as well as RSV, dengue, and influenza. I imagine the ability to control the inflammatory response is a plus, but what's it doing in terms of impacting viral replication? Well, I, I need to correct you here uh, for a second because um, ABX464 has been shown in uh, uh, in vitro, so in the test tube, to actually uh, um, implicate the replication of uh, of HIV and also the SARS-CoV-2 virus. When we are talking about the other viral diseases uh, that you mentioned, RSV, dengue, influenza, ABX464 is not working. Uh, in these indications, but we are looking into other molecules from our library, from our compound library, which contains about 2,200 molecules now uh, to, uh, to block the replication of, uh, of these diseases. 
but the uh, the basic idea behind this uh, was that very initially HIV was uh, uh, was the prime target for ABX464, and we could demonstrate not only in the test tube and not only in animals, but also in patients that it actually uh, reduces the viral load in the blood. However, as there are by now 26, 27 antivirals out there, and uh, at the same time, uh, we were realizing that in addition to uh, blocking the replication of these viruses, um, ABX464 was also uh, showing these potent anti-inflammatory activities. We uh, clearly decided to downprioritize uh, HIV and to focus on the, uh, on the inflammatory diseases. Now, when COVID came up, we, uh, uh, we realized that with just the anti-inflammatory activities, we could have a chance to, uh, to develop a treatment against uh, uh, COVID-19. But we also, at the same time, brought ABX464 in, uh, into testing to what extent it would uh, inhibit the viral replication of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And here we saw that uh, we got approximately the same amount of, uh, of inhibition of viral replication as uh, in the controls that we were using, which was uh, remdesivir. And then at that point, it became clear that we have a molecule that actually works on both sides of COVID. It works uh, to, uh, to inhibit the replication of the virus, but it also works uh, in, uh, in reducing the, uh, the inflammation. And as you know, um, what in the end actually kills COVID patients is not the virus itself. It is the immune response uh, that the virus uh, triggers in patients that develop uh, severe COVID disease with um, cytokine storm, ARDS, uh, especially in the lung, which leads to uh, um, enhanced need for oxygen and uh, eventually uh, artificial uh, ventilation to uh, to keep the patients alive. So we believe that with with our molecule, especially as we do it in our clinical study, if we give it early, uh, uh, we have a chance to make a real impact. What's the clinical path forward, and and where do you see the earliest opportunities for four six four? Well, we always. Let, let me preface this. We always um, are focusing on our core program, and the core program is chronic inflammatory diseases. Uh, that's an opportunity. I told you uh, um, at the end of next year, we will be going into phase three. So that means uh, that we probably have data uh, to file uh, for. Um, an MAA 
or for an in, in, in Europe or for an NDA in the US uh, by the end of uh, 2024. Uh, COVID, of course, is uh, a more short-term opportunity uh, because we are actually conducting a phase 2B uh, three clinical trial with COVID in uh, uh, just over a thousand uh, patients, which will either receive ABX four six four or um, or a placebo within a short period after the patients get that diagnosis, their PCR uh, diagnosis of uh, of being infected with COVID. So. The, the, the concept is a very different one from the from the chronic inflammatory diseases because um, what we are trying to do here is essentially prevent in these roughly 20 to 25 percent of the patients that are developing severe disease, which kills, uh, as you know, once the patient is on is on the ventilator. Uh, the chances for survival are around 30 to 40 percent. So we want to prevent uh, the uh, the cytokinetic. We want to prevent the need for mechanical ventilation uh, in these patients, uh, rather than uh, reducing symptoms or treating disease. We want to prevent that the patients are actually falling into the critically ill category of COVID-19. Hartmut Ehrlich, CEO of Abivax. Hartmut, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.